All right, D Money is going to give us a 30 second fast break on how to credit card hack. Go. All right. All right, for the first thing you got to do is have good credit. Make sure your credit score is at least 700 or above. After that, figure out your first, <laughs> figure out your uh, favorite airline, apply for the credit card. Next, after that, you need to um, apply for the credit card, get approved. And then once you get the credit card points, you want to book your free flight and then you're going to be on a trip to Hawaii. Free vacation. Let's go. You ready? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> What's going on, bro? Hey, welcome to uh, Break the Money Curse. It's your boy, Drew. It's your this boy, D-Money. <laughs> I always right. forget to introduce myself, right? I know. Uh, so, uh, what's going on? How you feeling this week? I feel like I talk about the weather every single week, so I will I talk about for the it. weather. I will talk about the weather today. <laughs> we are at 83 degrees in Chicago today, so I am feeling good. And I talk about the weather every week because uh-huh. I'm a weather person, man. The weather definitely shifts my mood and... Yeah, this is why I need to be in a warm weather city. Yeah, maybe you should. Uh, maybe that should have been your aspirational career: be a, be a weatherman. A maybe hustle. so. But Yo, uh, I still got time to switch. Uh, okay, you, you're creeping up there in uh, in the age, but <laughs> never too old, I guess. But uh, yeah, it is getting nicer. But I just heard on the news that uh, this, the mask mandates might start getting removed for uh, for outdoors. Actually, in some states, I know they never had them, but it sounds like um, the president is ready to take some action on removing mask mandates. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think I saw that. I didn't really really read like the actual story, but I just saw a headline about that, and I was just thinking like, man, when I'm outside, I don't be wearing masks now anyway, especially when I'm around people. <laughs> yeah, I'm like as long as I'm not around people, I should be cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it seems like so. The other thing I heard was that uh, a lot of people have that got their first vaccine did not go back to get their second vaccine. <laughs> what do you think is up with that? Wow. I don't know, man. Maybe their arm were sore. Maybe they forgot. But yeah. it's like, if you're going to go and get the first one, you might as well get the second one, get it over with. I know. I, I definitely don't think people forgot. But the effects of this vaccine, it's certainly... First of all, like they're saying that after the first vaccine, the efficacy is, what, around 70%? Um, mm-hmm. So, and then the other thing is, I think a lot of people keep hearing of the effects of the second vaccine and they probably don't want anything to do with it. Um, but to your point, like, I'm ready to get this virus behind us, man. Yeah, it's just, it don't make sense to me. I mean, if you're going to get, go ahead and get the first one, go ahead and get the second one. I wonder if, like, the whole thing that happened with Johnson & Johnson and it, it being pulled maybe spooked some people. Um, yeah. The other ones that could uh, play a role. I definitely would be feeling some kind of way if I got the J&J because the, <laughs> some of the stuff I've been seeing online about how people reacted to it uh, and just like that blood, blood clot risk, I don't want any part of that. Well, yeah, I saw a meme and someone was talking about Johnson & Johnson. This was before it all came out, but they were like, I'm getting the Johnson & Johnson one because we can trust Johnson & Johnson. We grew up on Johnson & Johnson, baby oil, baby powder, <laughs> all this stuff. But didn't like a few years ago, there was like uh, someone suing Johnson and Johnson, their baby powder maybe caused cancer or something. Yeah, that's been an ongoing class action lawsuit. So, um, yeah, so why would I you trust Johnson and Johnson? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just ready to get all of this behind us. It's weird how, like, what we've been focused on for, for, for and how life has changed over the last year or so. I actually finally booked my first uh my first vacation i'm getting on my I'm, I'm about to get on my first flight since the start of the pandemic uh wow congratulations i don't i don't been probably on like three flights during the pandemic so that was never an issue for me but congrats on going somewhere finally you know i i will say that one thing that i've enjoyed about this pandemic is uh like give me my six feet <laughs> i think that part yeah that is hard nice. to, like i i think being on a plane 
sitting with someone that's like you're fighting for like elbow space is going to be hard for me because I'm not used to people being in my bubble like that anymore. Um, you know, I don't I don't like people in my personal space anyway. Yeah, I mean, a good thing is like so it's the times that I've traveled has been me and my wife and our two kids. So we've pretty much had a whole two role or well, a whole role, you know, to ourselves, yeah. because when we were traveling the middle seats, you know, they weren't selling any middle seats. So mm-hmm. we were able to have like an entire row, you know, so that's going to go away soon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, ready to start traveling. I got a trip coming up. So yeah, I think everybody's just tired of it, man. We're like over a year, you know, mm-hmm. into this pandemic It's probably going to go until the end of this year. So two years, I don't think anybody thought that we were going to be in this situation for basically two years. I know. Yeah. I, I, thought I remember we gonna, I thought be in this situation for like a month <laughs> yeah remember well I, first of all i don't think anyone could have fathomed like the world really shutting down that's something that is <laughs> it hasn't happened right um and secondly i think like i remember last a year ago they kept talking about the peak and we were supposed to peak you know we were supposed to peak in april and then then like they, they kept talking about the flattening of the curve <laughs> and the curve never really flattened uh so uh but then the other thing is, are you one of those people? I know a lot of people were buying up travel stocks uh, for like cruise lines and airlines, uh, you know, just just like timing when the world was going to reopen and banking on making a ton of money. Uh, did you get in yeah. on that? I definitely did. And so I was I'm looking at, uh, you know, my my travel stocks uh, now because so I bought them in late April and all throughout May last year. So they're coming up, they're gonna convert from short term to long term. Uh, so I may be selling some of those to buy, you know, some more Tesla stock or, you know, some other stocks I really like long term. <laughs> but yeah, my I mean, I really went heavy on pretty much all of the airlines. I bought, yeah, American, United, Delta, Southwest. And I figured that eventually, you know, we're gonna get back. I even bought uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. Um, and I figured that we would get back to normal at some point, you know, within a year or so we're going to get back to normal. And, you know, I just felt like those stocks, I think they dropped like 80%. Yeah. So it was just an easy way to make money. And I'm up maybe 300% on, on everything that I bought there. It was just, it's just crazy. Nice. I, I've actually never been on a cruise. Uh, Me neither. I've always thought a cruise sounded nice. Like, I always thought I want to go on a cruise, but when I really think about it, like, when I'm on vacation, I don't really want to be on someone else's timeline. I don't want to necessarily get up at 8 a.m. if I don't feel like it. I don't want to have a deadline to get back to a boat. Uh, I think I would be, like, in an episode of Martin where you you end up getting left (laughs) getting left on an island or something. On on Chilligan's Island. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm not like a cruise. I ain't gonna say it's not my thing because I've I've never went on a cruise, but it's just something that I've never been like excited, you know, to to plan. I mean, I think eventually we will go on a cruise, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not at the top of my list. Yeah, if I go to a country, I want to have a few days to to see it and explore it. Not, um, and then the small spaces, like even when you upgrade to the nicest cabin on a cruise, it's still pretty. It's pretty confined. Uh, and when I when I go on an actual vacation, I like to splurge a little bit and have you know a nice little room that I don't feel like like the walls are closing in on me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so you want? Let me scroll my timeline, see what's happening. So capital gains. So I wanted to ask you about this. Um, so you know Biden is proposing raising capital gains taxes to almost forty percent. Uh, do you have a take on that? Yeah, I have a take on that. Um, honestly, man, I was not uh, a uh, a fan of, of Biden. You know, he was talking about doing some of this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and full disclosure, I didn't vote for Biden. I actually didn't vote for uh, Trump either. I, I wrote in Kanye West. Uh, uh, but um, you you know, one that. of the major things for me, for I knew Kanye wasn't wasn't going to win. But We're the statement that, that I was making is, I, I didn't I didn't want to vote for Biden. Uh, because uh, some of the things that, you know, he talked about doing is, you know, is, is what he's going to do, which for me, you know, I, I, it just didn't really jive with me. So one of the things is raising his capital gains uh, uh, 
attacks from essentially, uh, you know, I think it's right now it's 20% doubling. to the top rate, which would be what, 39.6. So doubling that. 39. Another thing that he's, he, yeah, 39.6. Another thing he's looking to get rid of, or at least he's talking about getting rid of, is uh, things like, um, you know, 1031 exchanges, which, which will obviously affect me uh, for real estate, um, or uh, stepped up bases, which, you know, uh, granted, you know, rich people, you know, that's how they pass wealth down. Um, but, you know, my goal is to be, to, to have wealth to pass down to my kids at some point in the future. And I would like them to be able to take advantage of, you know, uh, these uh, tax advantages. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't agree with Biden trying to get rid of those things. But uh, so I have How two you thoughts. And I, <laughs> I'm going to come back to some of the points you made because I want to um, I want to I want to uh, hone in on them. But uh, I guess, you know, initially when I when I heard it initially, I was like i was annoyed and i and i think it's you know i I guess ultimately when i when i look at it big picture um it's going to impact millionaires right uh it's not going to impact most most people that own stocks and i guess holistically uh i think we need to millionaires there's so many loopholes anyway that i think it balances itself out we we need to we definitely i think need to find ways to to tax the rich at a different at a different rate when we look at trump right and we know for many years he um even years that he was i'm not talking about when he was um filing for bankruptcy but like years that he made millions and millions of dollars um and didn't pay any taxes uh we continue to see this for for the the wealthiest people in the country as well as big corporations uh, and I do think we need to take some action to level out because um, you and I, we may find, find a little loop, loophole that here or there, but overwhelmingly, we're still paying more than our fair share in taxes, right? So why yeah. shouldn't the, the wealthiest people in the country be held to that same account? I mean, when you really look at it, though, wealthy people do pay a, a lot of tax. Yeah, they have uh, more loopholes. But honestly, I mean, we all have um you know if, if you own a business or if you strive to be wealthy you know <laughs> eventually is this type of stuff is going to affect affect you and honestly i believe this stuff starts with the wealthy but it eventually trickles down to um to you know the the middle class uh mm-hmm. you know he, he's saying that you know he he doesn't want to affect anyone you know making over four hundred thousand, but I think eventually these uh, tax increases are going to come to some people, you know, making under four hundred thousand. It, it's yeah. just the start of it to, um, to you know, to hit up anyone who's making over four hundred thousand. Eventually, is going to you know lower the bar to okay, anybody making over two hundred and fifty thousand, you know, uh, now are going to be paying that same capital gains tax. So that's really my thing. If you look at like. Uh, a history of tax cuts and things like that, you know, they, they, they eventually, they don't just stay, you know, with, uh, uh, with the, the wealthy. So, and like I said, the other thing too, is just, you know, some of the things that I talked about with the 1031 exchange or stepped up basis. Yeah. Um, the wealthy are taking advantage of that, but that also does affect, um, middle-class folk. You know, so if, if you're let's just say if you're uh, if you started in real estate a few years ago and you've had some appreciation and you're not rich, right? You've had some appreciation. You want to sell your property, but you want to use that uh, money uh, to, to you know flip into another property. Right now, you can basically not pay taxes. I'm not going to say not pay taxes. You could defer the taxes on that. Yeah. So that's, a, you know, that's a realistic scenario for a middle-class person so if you do away with that then you're essentially increasing taxes on on middle-class folks as well so it it seems like you know the smoke and mirrors is it seems like it's not affecting uh you know middle-class uh folk or or poor people but eventually it actually does it's the headlines it seems like it doesn't but it, it actually does you know, I always uh, I try to look at these things in the lens of, you know, we spent a few weeks talking about systemic r- racism. We know it's real. 
Um, and a lot of people, particularly in the black community, um, don't have access, like we, there's no genera generational wealth there, right? We're building from the ground up. So how do you level the playing field? I mean, I think that like there are so many laws out there and so many loopholes and things you can take advantage of that, that allow you to kind of hold on to that wealth and pass it from generation to generation. Like, what does that look like? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts around that. Yes, I mean, it's tough. I mean, one of the conversations about maybe leveling it the playing field is some sort of reparations or something like that. But I think education, you know, is a way to try to uh, level, uh, level the playing field. Because quite honestly, like most people, like we're talking in, in this, this podcast is about trying to educate people on things that maybe they don't know about or maybe they've heard of, but, you know, don't really know in depth about it. So talk, talking about, you know, 1031 exchange, maybe some people don't know exactly what that is, but those are things yep. like we need to get educated on because we don't even know they exist. We don't even know that these are things that we can do to, um, to build wealth or at least help uh, with building wealth. And if we don't know that, you know, these are things that we can do, we think that, you know, this stuff is not, a, you know, obtainable. And yeah. uh, with, with planning, you know, it, it is a lot of this stuff I've learned over the years that I had no idea about. I thought it was, you know, only for rich people. And to be quite honest, it's not. You know, if, if you do a little bit of tax planning, you can take advantage of uh, some of these. Uh, I don't like to call them tax loopholes. It's really the tax code is really just an incentive. Uh, it's a bunch of incentives. The tax code tells you what to invest in. So if, if the tax code is saying, OK, capital gains is only going to be five percent, that tells me to uh, go try to make a bunch of money in capital gains, because that's the least. Amount, uh, that's the way that I'll pay the least amount of taxes, you know, and I'm all for paying taxes, but I'm not for overpaying taxes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's so hard to look at like finances. Uh, I think everyone's looking for like the easy answer when it comes to like how to like how to start gaining financial freedom right or how to start making progress with your finances and it's there's so many elements right that you have to look at um to really look at it holistically because you know some things you like you're making bigger investments up front some things you're paying on the back end with taxes so i don't know i think it's important that we continue to educate ourselves and educate each other um so I want to go back to, <laughs> to a little, get a little political because we're seeing right now a lot of um, voter suppression um, tactics happening, right? So like a lot of these states, particularly red states, are gearing up for, uh, they're gearing up and getting getting ready uh, for the next election and they're, they're changing the, ta the voting laws um, locally. And, and most of them are more more restrictive, right? And they're they're being billed as like um, as like a security thing when it's really just they're really suppressing the vote, right? Um, right. <laughs> but along with that, uh, there was a big there was an argument back um, in November and October and pre-election about you know we knew we knew Kanye West was running. Um, there was a big concern that he would end up splitting the black vote. Um, which could have easily resulted in Trump getting reelected, right? And we know that um, there were so many. There were there was some good that came out of that administration. I think the most dangerous part was the rhetoric, right? That was harmful for um, people of color. We know that. Um, but like, what what was your thought process? Because. Um, I, I have also been critical. I've been critical of people. I know like there was even a lot of criticism around um, Kamala Harris and her record around, um, you know, some of the things that she did in California, such as, um, tr um, or, you know, that the, there was a narrative around her, the way that she went after parents for truancy. Um, so like, what are your thoughts? Because I know, like I get, this is a financial podcast, but so many of these social issues and the way that we vote impacts our financial outcomes, right? Like we're talking about taxes right now and the impact yeah. of having a president that, that has the ability to, to move tax laws. So what was your thought process going into that election? 
Well, I mean, being that, you know, I, I live in Illinois, uh, my thought process was I, you know, Illinois has been it's blue either way. Dem- yeah, it's blue, especially Chicago. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's blue for, I don't know, the past maybe, I don't know, five, six elections. I would have to look. I know it was, it was red at some point, but it it's flipped blue for the last, you know, so many elections. So when I say, you know, I wrote in, you know, Kanye West, for me, I just felt like, not that my vote didn't matter, but mm-hmm. there were it, it was going to you know flip one way or the other either way, regardless of how I um, voted. Now, if I stayed in you know one of the battleground states, maybe I would have had a, a different um, yeah. uh, way of voting or a different methodology. Because um, really, I mean, if you really look at it and you dig into the numbers, uh, Trump won. Well, Trump lost by. Not the popular vote, but he lost by about forty-five thousand votes. Meaning, if forty-five thousand votes in any of those battleground states would have went, yeah, would have went either way, then those states would have been flipped. So that's yeah. why I said I may have had like a different, you know, view uh, in those. But you know, I'm just—I used to be a fan of politics. I actually, you know, my minor was political science. I actually used to want to yeah. go into politics until I figured out, you know, what it really is. And to me, like both of the political parties are the same. Um, they are. They, they really are the same. They, they, it's advantageous for them to have us on, you know, polar opposite sides, or at least think we're on polar opposite sides, which is like covering up exactly what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. the people that all these politicians are getting rich, regardless of whether a Democrat or a Republican is is in office. And we're sitting here fighting, you know, as the lay people over, you know, all this stuff that really, you know, I ain't, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it's like, I don't think that the president, in my opinion, um, is like, yeah, he's the most powerful office. But to me, local politics matters more than like the national politics. I mean, because that's that's the stuff that I feel like I feel day to day. Like I'm more in tune with like what's happening, you know, with my alderman or with the mayor of Chicago and things like that. Because honestly, like those are the things that I'm feeling like every single day. I agree to uh, I, I agree to a degree, and I think when we talk about applying pressure, that's where we where we need to start, right? So, looking, you know, we've been inundated with um, video. Uh, <laughs> But video of police shootings lately, right? It's mm-hmm. like it seems like there's a, there's been a new one every day for the last couple of weeks. Um, and when you I, like, I was watching the press conferences from Brooklyn Center, um, Minnesota, the other day, and like you know, seeing uh, the mayor get on TV saying, "I have no control over this." Um, like you know, you know, I know I'm the mayor, but like I really like I can't I can't fire I can't fire these these I, I can't like in one in one case like the local officials don't even have the the autonomy or authority, or they um or maybe they're just hiding behind the law to even release the body cam footage, uh, and I think these are the things that like we really on a local level we uh, we have the ability to influence right those kinds of laws, um, yeah. But I th- I think we. I think sometimes as a as a as a community, we don't take advantage of our collective power, and we are no. so so distracted by by the headlines, and 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 we're at a point right now where it's so easy to shift the news cycle, um, and people and and people get distracted so easy that like not enough is happening fast enough. And that's what I mean about there are two sides of the same coin. Like there, we're always distracted about something when it comes to uh, you know what's going on. Uh, with Democrats or Republican, and then like the real things that's happening, it's stuff that you know that really affects us. It's stuff that don't even get the light of day, you know, in in the news cycle, or it's it's hit on like very briefly, you know. So I try not to not. I mean, you can't help but to pay attention because it's everywhere. It's you know in social media, it's on the news, YouTube, things like that. But for me, man, my philosophy is to just you know try to do what I can do to affect like my immediate community um, in the city of Chicago or wherever I may be and to try to affect my immediate family um, and to try to lift us up. Um, yeah. 
because honestly, I'm not trying to save the world. <laughs> I'm just oh. trying to do better uh, within within my family. Because yeah, I think it starts I, there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's the way that I can make a difference. Is I have several people, you know, in my family that, you know, are are not educated on things that we talk about. You know, and so for me, it's just like let's just you know get educated on financial things, emotional things to you know try to be better humans. That's why we have this conversation in front of the world every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't want to move away from politics. But one thing I I, I do want to say that I don't think, and I to your point, I don't think that we will see real progress until we get away from a two party system. Like there, yeah. um, and we talked about this in the past, where there is so much, there's such a legacy when you look at Congress, right? Of these people that have been there for generations, um, and they're still they still hold the power to speak for all of us. Um, and these guys are friends, right? As much as they may be posturing on, on TV and fighting, like they're still friends at the end of the day, and they're all making, they're all making, they're getting their money. So um, yeah. I, we do need to break away from that system. Um, yeah. Let me scroll my timeline, the break the money curse timeline, real fast, and see what they're talking about. Um, so the investing tutor is saying that um, must-haves for generational wealth, uh, retirement account. EFTs slash index funds, stocks, cryptocurrency, uh, and term life insurance. Do you agree with those being the must-haves for generational wealth? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, you know, because the big thing is, you know, making sure you're investing your money. You know, mm -hmm. I would add real estate to that. Um, I know everyone doesn't like real estate, but there's even ways you can invest in real estate without actually owning, like, you know, Through reads, having right? your name on a deed. Yeah, through REITs, uh, there's crowdsource funding um, mm -hmm. opportunities now, you know, um, that you can invest in. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff now, like through real estate, private lending. You can lend to a person like me, you know, and and help me go buy a deal. And then I'm paying you, or you know, a, either a percentage of the deal or, um, you know, a, a good interest rate for your money. So there's a lot of ways to, to do that. Do you agree that crypto should be part of that equation? Uh, I think so, but it's dangerous uh, for, you know, for a novice, someone just starting out. There are some things that I would do before I would invest in crypto because nowadays, like people, it's like the ticket. You know, yeah. any, anytime something starts to go up, people start investing in, in crypto and crypto is just way too volatile. If, if, if you're not used to investing, I would not like honestly i would do more things first than to invest in crypto because if you can't handle the volatility then there's a good chance that you may lose money and you probably don't know what you're doing and crypto even a person like me i'm not saying that i'm an expert but i'm you know pretty far along in you know my journey i don't invest like i would say crypto is like maybe it's less than five percent of my total portfolio um but I do want to have some exposure to it because I think it's it's here to stay. Yeah, I think that's the that's the question is the the longevity and what does um, we always talk about. Um, I don't think either of us are investors that are looking for like these short term plays like get rich quick um, and like nope. looking at the um, the long game right and not looking at stocks or investments based on what they've done in the past but what's the future potential. Um, and I think that's the part that I always like try to look at when I think about crypto. Yeah, and I think that would be with anything like any investment. You want to make sure like it's going to be here for the long haul. Um, yep. And because I think we all should be looking that. I mean, I think we talked about this on a past podcast, like that's probably, you know, a, a, a poor uh, mindset is when you just think about the short term because the short term will be gone for, before you know it and then you'll be looking back 10 years like man I should have looked at the long term mm -hmm. you know 10 years out may seem like a long time but it'll be here before you know it and you want to make sure that you made the right decisions 10 years ago uh, that'll set you up you know right now yeah all right so um buck by buck is saying I'm a multimillionaire, but I had, but I still drive a ten-year-old Hyundai Elantra that struggles to drive uphill. Um, <laughs> I know you've talked about uh, how you've been driving your car for a long time, man. Uh, so you know I'm I'm feeling this. I have a fourteen, no, a fifteen-year-old Toyota Corolla, and yeah. you know I'm gonna be driving that car. I don't know how long. Till I the mean, wheels fall off, maybe. 
Probably so. I mean, the next car that I'm going to buy will be a Tesla, but who knows when that would be. I'm not like, who know? I may never buy another car. I don't know, but I'm definitely keeping my car. I mean, that's, you know, that's just a part of having, it's just the mindset because the mindset is, why would I go get another car note when this car still works and I can invest that money with in some assets that go, that's going to make me more money? That's right, really so what the mindset is. So you're talking about on average $400 a month that you could be investing in your future, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why um, go get the, the new toy, you know, that has like a, just a small upgrade, you know? No, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I also, but I also think that... Um, like looking at it holistically, if your car is at the point, you know, we talk about like a transportation car, right? Um, and we see a lot of people that make those kinds of investments uh, around tax time every year. Um, but if your car is at the point that you're investing money into repairs consistently, uh, I, I would say that's the time when you really yeah, want to start start looking if it's, t- if it's time. Um, and then also as... Um, I don't think, you know, we're definitely not there yet, but as electric cars and um, more fuel efficient cars start becoming more affordable, I think for me, that's when I will start really looking at like, when is the right time to buy? Um, When when that upfront investment isn't quite as costly and I can start picking up savings on things like gas. Um, Exactly. I mean, but that's what it's about. You know, it's about actually doing that cost benefit analysis. A lot of people just make decisions based on emotions and they're not really looking at the numbers. You know, so if you can look at the numbers and it actually makes sense, say, hey, it makes sense to buy this newer car because I'm spending a thousand dollars a month in repairs or whatever it is. Then, of course, but it's like, let's actually do the analysis to see and let's not make an emotional decision. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, I'm I'm about to come to Chicago, and <laughs> I was uh, looking at rental cars, and someone was like, "Why are you looking at the compact when you know the you know a full size is only a couple a couple dollars more per day?" And I was like, "Do you know how hard it is to park in Chicago? First of all, it's <laughs> like I need something that can squeeze into a small space, and also I can fill up this car for thirty five bucks. So like, why do I yeah. like?" I always, even like those small things I think about um, when I'm making everyday decisions because they do add up for me. Like I can see, I can see how quickly they add up versus driving that, yeah. that SUV and trying to fill that with gas. Yeah. And just real talk, just to kind of button this topic up. I mean, a lot of the most wealthy people I know are some of the cheapest and most frugal people. And a lot of the poorest people I know, they have like way more material items or they make yep. like these large money decisions. So that should definitely tell you something. Yep, for sure. Um, you want me to keep scrolling? Uh, yeah, let's do one more before we get into the topic. Okay. Um, investing animals says eight out of, um, often investors who make good money on their initial bets turn greedy and unrealistic. These are pig investors who are very, who have very high expectations and hold on to stocks or buy more in the hope of even greater gains. Pigs are the biggest losers in the stock market. Yeah, greed is, man, it's a thing. And th- this is something that I'm looking at. And I have to check, I think everyone has that trait in them, right? That greed, like, oh, I can make more. And I have to check that in myself all the time. Like I have to ask myself, why am I buying this? You know, like, what is the real reason? Do I really believe in this company? Am I gonna hold it for this investment or whatever? So it's just like you have to mentally be able to check yourself because greed pigs will get slaughtered in the stock market. You see it all the time. People think that like in the last year, everything has quadrupled, went up four or five X and they're getting greedy. But now like those chickens are coming home to roost. And I think like that's not going to happen you know, any longer. I mean, I agree to a degree. We talked about Dogecoin last week, right? And we keep talking about some of these stocks that people are like, like, and even GME, people keep dumping money into it because they think it's gonna, you know, just like they're waiting for the next time that it does what it did last time. But uh, I, the part I disagree with is that a lot of these, every week I talk about um, Twitter, Twitter LLC, right? Um, and there's this, like, we keep talking about like these short-term investments and get rich quick. And this is the next one. Right. Um, and like one of the part I think I disagree with is like holding stocks for too long. 
like that fun that that fundamentally goes against what we just said when we talk about like we're investing for the long term like if you're looking for something that's that you're going to get rich quick in a month then that really you're playing the stock market like a casino right mm-hmm. so yeah. um that i think i disagree with that part um however I, I do believe in like a diversified portfolio and not like dumping all your eggs in one basket. Um, I, I think it's really dangerous to like to pick a you know pick a couple things and like dump all your money in there. That is how that's how people lose money really quickly. Yeah, or, or at least if you're gonna do that, you have to be very uh, you have to have you know really believe in that opportunity. Mm-hmm. and uh just make sure you can handle the heat you know when it goes up and it goes down yeah so um i think it was in the credit 101 so going back <laughs> like a couple months you mentioned that you have 35 credit cards i believe right yeah i and think i got 36 so- now because i just got another one dang okay <laughs> so <laughs> we've gotten some questions about that because when you talk about credit uh you know you know, a lot of the advice that we get is that, you know, credit cards are bad. You don't want to carry credit card debt. Um, so I kind of wanted to hone in on that a little bit and pick your brain about the mindset behind having so many credit cards. What's your thought process? What do you do with them? What does that look like? Yeah. So uh, it all started for me, I think back in 2013 is when I started the whole credit card hacking game. And honestly, I didn't know I, I didn't think I would have would have this many credit cards. Yeah, he <laughs> started with like one or two credit cards where like my wife basically told me, hey, I want to go on four trips a year. And I right. was like, four trips a year? I know, right? <laughs> I was like, four trips a year. So I'm like, okay, I started looking at like, you know, you know, different places we can go and looking at, you know, how much it would cost to get there. And then when we stay there, you know, how much it would cost. So then um, I saw this credit card uh it, it was actually the the chase southwest credit card and so i saw mm-hmm. at the time it was like sign up for this credit card yeah you get fifty thousand points pass. yeah and a companion pass so i was like you know what let me just because i was kind of desperate like in a desperate mindset like okay what i feel like when 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 you don't have as much money it's like you can get creative right yeah <laughs> you just like okay what can i do to make this happen because i wanted to make my wife happy you know I, I felt like the pressure so I, I started to to look more into okay what that actually meant because before I never really I always knew about credit card points and, and frequent flyer miles but I never looked at how I can do this to you know take advantage of it so I quickly found out with that um card that mm-hmm. if you uh sign up you know you do the fifty thousand points all you have to do is spend i think at the time it was two thousand dollars in three months so i'm like two thousand not two thousand dollars in three months i can definitely do that you know i could just put my groceries on there gas like everything that i was already spending money on like this would be very easily to easy to do and then i found out something about this companion pass and i was like okay what is the companion pass (laughs) So the companion pass with Southwest is basically um, they allow you uh, to buy a ticket for yourself and you have a companion who can fly free with you on that same trip. All they have to do is pay the taxes and the taxes are very cheap. So if you're flying in the United States uh, right now, the cost of that is five dollars and sixty cents, I believe, uh, per way. So a total of eleven dollars and twenty cents. I'm like, this is too good to be true. Like, this is way too good to be true. You're telling me. If I get the companion pass that my wife can fly for $11.20, I did not believe it. I did not believe it. So what I found out is after I got that first credit card a month later, I think I actually spent the $2,000 in one month because we had like, yeah, we have a huge grocery bill. We had like a lot of bills that was coming up. I think I paid, I had like some, uh, some medical bills I had to pay. Um, and then I got another Southwest credit card because they have like three or four credit cards. So within two months, I had my 100,000 points just by spending money that I was already going to spend. I had the companion pass and maybe four months later, we used that to, to go on a trip. So essentially, I paid, um, I think there was like a annual fee of 
uh, I believe like $79 at the time. So for two cards, I paid an annual fee of $160 to go on a round trip, uh, a round trip trip to, you know, wherever we went. I think it was to California. Yeah. And I was like, I'm hooked from, from, <laughs> from that day. I was like, I'm hooked. I need to find other cards and other ways of doing this. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I remember one of my peers, I I used to, um, a lot of the jobs that I've held have required me to travel the country. Um, so, you know, there's been times, like most weeks I would be gone, uh, like Tuesday through Friday. And I remember one of my peers said to me, like, why um, why do you fly Southwest? Like Southwest is for the unbathed. Um, <laughs> just because, <laughs> you know, they make you line up, they herd you in like cattle. Um, but there's actually like there you don't pay for bags on southwest um mm -hmm. they have the you you earn points at a higher rate than most other airlines um I, I find that i can get more free flights quicker um so i'm actually i'm actually a fan of southwest in terms of their their miles and their um their rewards model yeah yeah definitely and i mean for me southwest was kind of like just a gateway thing and it's honestly in chicago yeah, it was just an intro because it made sense for Southwest just because if anyone who lives in Chicago and they live on the South Side, they know it's a Midway. trek to get, you know, up to O'Hare. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, O'Hare uh, through through all that traffic. So I was just like, I'm flying out of Midway anyway, which yep. is, you know, Southwest. So and I love it. it was uh, just uh, the smaller the airport, the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just like better, you know, to if you live on the South Side to, to fly to Midway. But yeah, like I said, Southwest was just like the the, the gateway that kind of opened my eyes. And when I, you know, I got more intrigued about, you know, we, we did one trip. Now it's just like, okay, we can do like more trips. So let me find out how to do this. So I started looking at basically all the, the cards, the United cards, the Delta cards, the American airline cards. And I started getting more educated on different ways that you can use the miles. And if you get re really creative, you can... Uh, uh, use the miles and then I was just like okay I have good credit and I could easily get approved for all of these cards and I was paying off like like I said before in the credit 101 I pay off all the cards every single month so you know in uh, what eight years going on eight years I've never paid interest on any of these cards I make sure yeah. that they are uh, set to auto pay um, so um, and I make sure I don't overspend honestly if let's just say if I treat the credit cards like they're cash, so let's just say I wanted the new PS5, but in cash I can't buy that right now in cash. Then I would not buy that with a credit card. Yeah. So because I can buy it in cash, then I buy it with my credit card, get my credit card points, and then I just pay it off, you know, automatically, you know, out of my checking account every month. And another thing, and this isn't necessarily related to. Um, travel hacking, which I want to pick your um, your brain about a little more. But what a lot of people don't know is that by using your credit card um, and buying things with your credit card, for instance, on let's say your PS5 or your electronics, right? It extends the warranty. It automatically adds for a lot of credit cards. Automatically adds uh, um, an extended warranty. It ex it extends the um, it extends the return period. So um, mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, they'll add an extra 60 days or so. And there's also price protection through that credit card. So if that price goes down, in a lot of cases, um, you can you can file a claim through the credit card to get the difference back. And I think those are some of the things that a lot of people don't know. Um, the other, yeah. uh, and when you, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, I was going to say, just to add to that, there's a lot of credit cards. I mean, every year the credit cards are competing with each other to, you know, uh, give you more incentives and more perks. And one of my favorite credit cards, like it's a I, Chase is by far my favorite uh, types of credit cards. I probably have between me and my wife, maybe like 10 Chase cards or so. And um, uh, Chase has like uh, the one credit card we pay with our um our phone bill and because of that it gives us um cell phone protection so if i crack my phone then there's a deductible of a hundred dollars and you know i take it and then they reimburse me rather than buying like you know uh, additional warranty from you know the store or from you know mm -hmm. some third party now i have that protection through my credit card so there's so many perks with a lot of these credit cards um that you just have to kind of look at and, and see what they are
Yeah, um, and a lot of people don't realize the, the travel protection that comes with most credit cards as well. So when you talk about going to rent that car, I typically decline the additional insurance. Um, not only do I have um, not only do I have a right a policy with my my typical insurance, but also I'm, my my credit card protects me against um, insurance against any kind of um, rental car liability. Um, so yep. I don't need to, to pay an extra fifteen dollars per day through the rental car company because that that's built in. Travel insurance if they if they lose my luggage, you know the airlines will only reimburse you um, a, a small amount, um, but. Travel insurance, if you have to cancel due to an unexpected event, cancel your trip. Um, my credit cards cover me for that kind of stuff as well. So that's like uh, when I'm deciding which credit card I'm going to use for what purpose, I think I look at all those things like what benefits do I have on which cards? Um, and there's a lot of things that people don't even realize they have, um, which is like you, that's why, why it's important to read the, the, the pamphlet before you sign up for a card. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the major benefits of just using credit cards in general is um, I feel safer with all this fraud. And I've been a victim of fraud. You know, you know, oh, someone yeah. bought a, a, a what a Mercedes Benz or something, you know, uh, under my Social Security uh, number. I've had I know we've all seen like those. I know. Right. We've all seen those transactions on our credit cards or our debit cards when somebody in, if you live in Chicago, somebody in Maryland is buying some gas or whatever, right? When that happens on a credit card, it's very easily to just dispute that transaction, you know, with your uh, credit card and then they'll take care of it as long as it's, you know, uh, you know, really fraud. With a debit card, you know, you have that protection, but the protection, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as easy as that. And you may not have the um, let's just say if you had a thousand dollars in your account and the fraud was five hundred dollars, that five hundred dollars doesn't instantly show back in your account. It may take some time for them to go through that process and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, figure that whole thing out. That's why I like using credit cards, because I just feel way more protected. Anytime I've had fraud, I just dispute the transaction and they usually deal with it. Pretty I know, quickly. man, S someone bought uh, six. I think two six hundred dollar Beyonce tickets on my credit card. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like you didn't even really sweat about it, right? You knew it was gonna get no. taken care of. I feel like yeah. I, I end up being a victim of some type of fraud like every year. I don't know. Maybe I need to change. I mean, that's just the day. Not well. That's the day and eight. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to be using <laughs> the same Wi-Fi password for every single thing. But I mean, that's just the day and age we're in. People are buying, you know, credit card numbers and all this other stuff. So it's just probably no way to prevent that you know other than i think the easiest way is to use like things like two-factor authentication and you know doing mm -hmm. stuff like that so so what's the nicest trip you've taken on points man i've taken a lot of nice trips and that's the other thing man my wife has been very happy at first she was skeptical right because <laughs> first <laughs> it was just me i was just you know doing it under my name and then once she saw us going on these nice trips, I was like, look, let's get some under your name and then we can go on like even nicer trips because we can combine our points and everything. So, man, I don't know. It's hard to say because I've been on some nice trips man, and I don't want to sit here and like brag. But I guess like if I had to say the nicest trip, uh, it would probably be Hawaii. Um, we've been yeah. to Hawaii a couple times. We flew first class, um, so that was nice flying first class. I think it was like a nine hour flight from Chicago to Hawaii. Um, and we went to the, we spent a couple days in um, uh, Maui, and then we went to Kau uh, to Kauai, uh, which Kauai is my favorite island, uh, Hawaiian island. Now, once I got into this whole credit card thing, I figured, okay, the airline, I, I got the hang of like the airline points. And then I figured I can get hotel rewards hotel too. Points. I was like, are you serious? Right. So there's hotel cards that give you the hotel points. Plus they give you free nights. It's just a lot of different ways that you can kind of parlay, uh, you know, some nice trips. So I was able to stay in, uh, you know, the category seven hotels you know we stayed in like a hyatt that was like category seven which at the time i think was like second highest because it was like category eight was the highest um and it was just a nice hotel that we stayed in five days five days four nights or whatever it was 
And essentially it was free because we had yeah. either a combination of points or free nights. And, you know, with those cards, we may have, we may have had an annual fee of maybe $50. So really, you know, the trip wasn't totally free, but essentially we had a five-star trip for probably, you know, $200. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you can't beat that, right? I know. I've actually been to Hawaii on points as well. You know, I hate paying for a hotel. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, it, after, after you experience taking a luxurious vacation, uh, essentially for free, it's hard to it's hard to come out of pocket after that. It is. It is. It really is. And and I, I mean, I've figured out ways like because you know part of these cards that I have there's like different cards uh, that you can use as cash too. I've I've used cards you know that you know if I didn't have enough points that you know I can you know pay on it like it's will pay as if it's cash and then get reimbursed for it so it's a lot of different types of cards and that's why i have so many cards is because i use them all for different types of trips different reasons you know so it, it just you know i i have trips planned out for well before COVID, we had our trips planned out for 2020 and 2021 so that's you know obviously gotten shaken up but once we you know, get by, back to traveling a lot, we'll have our trips planned and I'll, I'll, I will know what credit cards I'm going to use, you know, what points I need to use for certain trips. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been awesome. I mean, it's, it's definitely afforded us, you know, vacations that, I mean, at this point that we can't afford, uh, but like you said, why spend your own money when you can use uh, credit card points? And, and honestly, it just gives us more spending money when we're there because, you know, we had we didn't really have to pay for the the trip to get there. We didn't have to pay for our lodging. So now we can, you know, splurge more on the experiences, you know, once we get mm -hmm. there. It's just nice seeing um I think millennials and below aren't afraid to travel. Um and actually what's yeah. coming to my mind right now is <laughs> that trip we took to Miami. <laughs> um Yeah. But uh a lot of stories from that trip but uh it's nice to see like I, I follow a lot of like black travel travel blogs on um on social media and it's nice to see that um i think a lot of us can enjoy like while we can enjoy have that balance between being like financially responsible and also enjoying these experiences that maybe your parents or your grandparents then you know seeing things that they didn't get to see and experience yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and actually, my my grandparents thought I was doing something illegal when I was telling them like all the trips that we were going on. They were like, "You're traveling again," and I'm telling them the places that we're going. They were just like, "What? Like, what is going on?" Like, I had to just try to break it down to them about you know what was going on. So, yeah, it is. I mean, it, it's definitely afforded us the opportunity to just kind of experience the world. We try to go somewhere different you know, as much as we can, you know, Central America, Greece, like we've been like a lot of different countries. So. Seriously, we've come a long way, bro. <laughs> do you yeah. remember that trip to Miami? Do you, first of all. Do I, re I would, I could never forget that trip. I mean, first of all, we drove what, 22 hours from Champaign, Urbana. I well, we, I, yeah, we drove. I don't even want to rehash that trip because I'm still getting upset, but. <laughs> You know, we're not going to talk about the, the, that part with the carnival situation. Right. But right. <laughs> only time but 22 I've ever seen you. From, oh. Only time what? You almost, I, 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 the only time I've ever seen you almost fight was when we came <laughs> back from that trip. But yeah, even remembering our accommodations that trip. Yeah, we we're, were all in like in a extended extended stay America. <laughs> yeah. it was like what maybe four or five of us like to a room or something it yep. was crazy it was so crazy it's, so. it's crazy now that we're talking about going to greece and uh hawaii and taking you know these lush vacations um and spending less than we spent on that miami trip right right that's the thing we spent way more as broke college students than you know we we're uh we have you know uh, the wherewithal to actually you know, for these trips now we're spending way less so but the i think that's what it is about, man yeah when we got back from that trip i didn't almost get in a fight like you did but <laughs> i did have a three-day notice on my door because <laughs> i didn't pay my rent before i went 
So, yes, yes. and I remember calling my mom's like to ask her for help, and she's like, "I didn't tell your ass to go to Miami. Figure it out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you know, for me, it's like anybody can um, you know uh, credit card hack or at least try it. Um, I recommend first of all that you have good credit. Um, if you have bad credit, you know more than likely you're not going to get the best cards, or you're not even going to be able to you know, get approved for the cards. So first, you know, listen to that credit 101, the first episode, get your credit straight, and then you can uh, kind of try this. But then uh, next, once you, you know, uh, have good credit and you apply for the card, just kind of, you know, see, you know, what you want to do. You know, maybe it's Southwest, you know, I think that's one of the easiest ones to kind of start mm-hmm. with. Um, uh, like I said, any of the Chase cards are like really like my favorites. Although I have like Chase City everything, but Chase cards are like the the ones that I would probably start with, um, especially the Southwest. Yeah, the Sapphire. But the Southwest man, it's just easy to get the the companion pass. Especially if you if it's you and a spouse or you and a friend, a, a, a mm-hmm. relative, it's just really easy to do that. So yeah, um, there's a few I want to. Um, and one thing I want to highlight is that. Um, one of the reasons you have multiple cards is because you use different cards for different reasons, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, like you mentioned, you know, one of them you always pay your cell phone bill because you have you get protection um, on that card, right? Um, right. The chase, the chase freedom, for example, the scale of rewards that you earn goes anywhere from one point five to five percent. So, uh, right. for instance, um, it's five percent on travel, three percent on restaurants, and one point five percent for other things. So maybe that card you would use when you eat out or if you're if you have to pay for travel that's that's when you would use that card right because that's when you get the most exactly points. exactly so, so you look at which one you're getting the the, the most points for so like mm-hmm. actually like the ones that i use for travel is actually the chase sapphire reserve i think it gives me like three points but the reason i like that so much is because it gives you three points which there are some cards that give you a little bit more and this is, you know, a lot of this is like advanced, like you can get to some of the advanced strategies, but they give you three points, but uh, they are worth 1.5 more, 1.5 more points uh, because you have to chase the Sapphire uh, points. And then the reason I really like Chase too is because they have uh, a lot of different travel partners that you can transfer mm-hmm. them to. Like you can use yeah. Chase points and you can transfer them to Southwest or you can yeah. transfer them to Hyatt. Or you can transfer them to United, you know, so yep. there's a lot of different flexibility. And I think that's like such an important point when you talk like because I remember like there's been times that we've called each other saying, hey, I'm like 10,000 points short for a hotel. Do you like do you have this, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important that you don't like your points have to be diversified. Right. But you also need yeah. to make sure that you have that flexibility to transfer them where you need them. So, for instance, yep. Um, for this trip that I have coming up to Chicago, I didn't have enough points for my flight. And so I had to transfer from one airline program to another. And then I had enough to get there for free. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's important that you don't, uh, um, I think particular travel cards are great. So, you know, you mentioned, um, the Southwest card, I think like the United card is great to give you like um premier access you get lounge access you get you know to go through security a little faster you get free bags but um when you're looking at these credit cards i think it's also important to look at where can you transfer these points that way you have more flexibility to use them in the areas that you need to so that they stack up faster yeah that's definitely a a good point and quite honestly like most of my i call them specialized cars like the cars that are just like united cars or southwest or hyatt or marriott I don't really spend a lot on those cars at all. Like majority of my spend is on the Chase cars because they're so flexible because yeah. I can use Chase to 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 um, top off my United miles or my Southwest miles. Or I can use I have city cars that I use that I can, you know, transfer to American Airlines or whatever the case may be. So I really like I, I've mentioned this before. I, I love having options. I love flexibility. So I'm going to use the cards that give me the most amount of flexibility. But I, the reason I do keep cards, like especially the um, the hotel cards, is because, yeah, you pay your annual fee, um, you know, every every year. But they give you free. Um, they give you um, uh, uh, hotel uh, nights, you know, every year. So like, say, for yeah. instance, like I have this Marriott, Marriott card that I like and I have a few of them, actually. 
and the um the the uh the annual fee is like $85. And I really just keep this open. They give me free nights every year. And I usually use those free nights when I go on my trip to Arizona to go watch the Cubs and spring training. And it usually works out because, yeah, I'll pay that $85 annual fee. But I already know that the hotel that I'm staying in in Arizona, like, is going to be $130 a night. So I'm getting a discount on, you know, the night because I'm using the the free points. So that's what I mean when I say, like, I already have a specific purpose of why I'm keeping this car or why I'm using this card. So opportunity cost is important in all of this, right? So you've yeah. always got to, because a lot of these cards, to your point, do have annual fees. So if you're not going to be used, if you're if you not if you're not going to strategically use them, don't open them because you're going to be pay, no. you're going to pay to have them. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, and I think, uh, and I might have already asked you this, but a lot of people are leery about opening credit cards. Um, you know, it's something that we're told not to do. It's not a good thing. So, what do you say to those people that say, you know, 35, 36 credit cards is excessive? I'm worried about the impact to my credit score. So, I mean, anytime I open a credit card, it definitely does have an impact, but it's it's pretty short term. Like, uh, you know, I just opened a credit card uh, probably two weeks ago. Uh, so I saw that my credit card, uh, my my credit score went down like 10 points. Yeah, you know, it wasn't my real credit score because it was credit karma, but like my, my credit karma score went down like 10 points. So maybe my real credit score maybe went down, you know, 10 to 30 points or so. But then like literally three weeks later, uh, you know, you'll see a jump and your score will rebound. And the longer you have the cards, you know, then it'll uh, it'll just kind of even out. And like I said, you know, when I started uh, doing the credit card hacking eight years ago, my credit score was 740 and above. And now my credit score is still 740 and above. So I would say as long as you're not, you know, you're just paying them on time um, and you're not holding debt on these, it's not going to affect you negatively. Yeah. If you're the only time I would say... The only time I would say I would really hold off and I have head off is like if I'm buying like real estate or buying a mm -hmm. car or something like that, like I'm not going to go wild out and just open like a bunch of credit cards. So, again, you have to be kind of strategic and know what's going on in your life. But as soon as I buy whatever I need to buy to get a, a loan from the bank for, you know, whatever I'm buying, then I go and I'll just like apply for like three cards or whatever. So. I love it. Um, but I think some things that I want to reiterate that you mentioned were um, you don't hold balances on these credit cards, so you're not paying interest every month. So make sure. No. And if nothing, and honestly, I don't, I don't really worry about my credit cards. I have all my credit cards set to auto pay so that I never get mm -hmm. hit with interest. Um, exactly. So, so like you said, treat your credit cards like cash, pay them off every month. So you're not incurring additional interest charges. Um, if your credit score is under 700, um, your focus should be on building your credit score. Um, I wouldn't recommend opening additional credit cards at this time. Um, but, uh, focus on rebuilding your credit and then let's get i mean we all deserve a vacation right let's get out there let's travel let's enjoy life perfect especially after the especially after the year that we just had and the year that we're still in so yeah after this let's panorama go. panasonic whatever <laughs> we want to call it <laughs> yeah let's go let's go I, I want i want people to you know start uh credit card hacking if if they if they are ready for it if they're mature enough for it you know Let's do yeah, it. And sh share your stories. What's uh, what's the best trip you've taken on points? Um, what is your aspirational trip? Uh, hit us up on at Break the Money Curse on IG and uh, let us know. But uh, I want to know what's D loving this week. So in the theme of uh, you know this episode, I'm gonna recommend a credit card. So what I'm loving, and I actually don't have this card. I might pick this card up. I think I had it in the past. But it's actually the Chase Sapphire Preferred uh, card. Yes. So I just mentioned how much I love Chase cards. Um, I actually have like the upgraded version of this card, which is the Reserve. Um, mm -hmm. But the I think this is excellent for people to start off with the Chase Sapphire Preserve. Right now, it has like one of the highest uh, bonus points offers I've actually ever seen. So uh, if you um, spend four thousand dollars within three months you can earn 80,000 bonus points. Plus, I think they have a $50 grocery store credit. Um, so the type of points that you'll get with this is you'll get two times points for uh, any time you spend money on dining and traveling with this card. And it's just a great card because, like I said, with Chase, you get those ultimate reward 
point points that you can transfer to many uh, travel partners. So if you're starting out with uh, travel hacking, I would definitely recommend that card. Uh, nice. Yeah, that that one is. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I also want to shout out to the points guy, the points I think uh, yeah. he, he has a great blog on um, on essentially travel hacking um, and yep. he posts great stuff all the time. And I learned a lot from him. So um, sh- sh- shout out to the points guy. Um, I guess I should have picked the travel stock for this week, but I did not. My pick of the week is Microsoft. Uh, you know, I think Microsoft is a, is a great stable stock that will continue to grow. The share price is currently 262 bucks. Um, but uh, I think this will continue to grow for many reasons. So when you look at uh, Microsoft Office and Xbox, those platforms keep growing. Also, uh, Microsoft's cloud services keep growing. Um, the stock, uh, Microsoft has high profit margins and it's also a dividend stock. So um, you will continue to get paid out from it. Uh, so this is one that um, I really have my eye on and that I am investing in and I recommend. That's my pick for the week. All right. Awesome. <laughs> How you feeling? Feeling good, man. I know we've been wanting to talk about uh, credit card hacking essentially since Credit 101. So it's good yeah. to you know get this topic out and hopefully we get some good feedback. And you know uh, we definitely want to know uh, your trips, like any trips you've been on and uh, you know, even if we got some credit card hackers out there, maybe you guys can teach us some stuff of things that we yeah. don't know. And it's a feel good, feel good topic, right? I love talking yeah. about a vacation. Yeah, um, uh, I know, right? You just, get, <laughs> you just get happy just thinking about vacations, you know? <laughs> yes. My passport is out. My vaccine card is ready. My bags yeah. are packed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for, uh, for, for tuning in and listening to us for another hour today. Um, hope you learned something. Um, but that's it. Follow us on IG, Break the Money Curse. Make sure you give us uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts if that is your platform of choice. Share this with a friend. Thank you for all the new listeners in all the new states that we're picking up from like Vermont and Kentucky and places that uh, <laughs> that uh, that I'm surprised to see on there every week. But um, continue to share share um, so that everyone can come on this journey with us. But uh, that's it. Anything anything else, Steve? Nope, that's it. We are out. Peace out. <laughs>